0: Hello, and welcome to the EMS Improv Podcast, where we engage, where we are mindful, and we share, tell our stories. We are powered by gems. Our guest uh, for this episode is Sean Britton. Sean Britton's uh, a person that I met through Isaac Sobel from uh, the great state and city of New York, New York. Um, Isaac is a fantastic guy and a great colleague uh, in the EMS and mobile medicine industry. And I'm grateful to Isaac, so I want to give him a shout out for introducing Sean Britton to myself um sean Britton is a uh, principal and owner of stat financial health and he is also a healthcare administrator for a hospital healthcare system ladies and gentlemen and without uh further ado i want to introduce also a new york licensed and uh uh nremt registered paramedic sean Britton, ladies and gentlemen in binghamton new york uh he attended the university of Binghamton or Binghamton University is what they really call it, right, Sean? Yes. Okay. And you are, and and I got to just, I got to give the whole about, so this is going to be the very non-conversational. Ladies and gentlemen, he's a strategic problem solver who uses design thinking to synthesize creative solutions to complex situations. He's a financial planner and advisor for EMS Healthcare and Public Safety. Welcome, Sean Britton. Hey, Brother. It's great to have you on the show, and uh, thank you for taking time out this evening to speak with us.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: All right. So I just have to ask you a couple of questions, and I appreciate your smile and your passion. so when we when we first met again through Isaac Sobel, um, you know, I think both of you and I thought, oh, well, you know w- what do we have to lose, right? But if Isaac said that I think you should meet this guy and, you know we both said okay you know we're all in because we trust isaac and, and and love and appreciate what he does for uh for uh, those of us in, in ems and the support that he lends to people uh but i think we talked f- until i got my haircut for nearly 45 minutes on that first occasion and then probably 30 plus minutes uh after i got a got out of getting my haircut because I'm impulsive and I drove past my barber shop and said oh I can get in right now um so impulsivity is something I sure want to talk about when it relates to finances as well um and I and I know you're gonna have some answers for our listeners today and all the platforms that we uh, that we're on and including our social media followers but um I was pleasantly surprised at the level and the in the nature of the content Uh, and the quality of content for which you shared with me of your passion for people, your family, your love of uh, EMS and and frontline workers and healthcare, and then financial management and planning. So what brought you to that point? Uh, Kind of if you can give me a a roadmap, whatever you feel comfortable with, that uh, put you on the path for uh, financial success, the the desire to help and, and be there for people.
1: Well, thank you. And first of all, I want to thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's really exciting. I, I've enjoyed our conversation so much that it's it's exciting that we get to share it with others. They're going to get to listen in on as we interact and talk about our past experiences and and what what really matters to us. And you know, it's it's funny how sometimes life works. You wind up doing different things. You never quite plans on doing. You have opportunities along the way and you follow them. For me, the financial planning really goes back to my early days in EMS. There were a few things that happened that kind of pulled it all together. The first was I graduated paramedic school in 2008. So it was right at the, the, Point of the Great Recession, the housing market crash, the financial system insolvency, all of those things were going on. So, as I was this new paramedic in my first professional job, I would have downtime while I'm post or at the station to read or watch TV or whatever. And I started doing a lot of reading about personal finance and the economy, and it became really interesting for me. So, that, that was the one one component of it. The second component was I remember working with people who were a little older than I was and were really struggling to get by financially. I can remember there was one person I worked with who on Friday mornings would hang out with us for an hour after shift ended because they were done working at 7 a.m. and the direct deposit on their paycheck went in at 8. And they needed that direct deposit in order to have money for gas in order to get home. And I remember seeing that situation and feeling a lot of empathy, feeling a lot of sadness for this individual that they're working so hard and caring for others. And they're in this, this tough situation. And so between uh, reading about the economy and personal finance, Uh, seeing how people can struggle when they don't have a good handle on their financial situation. Over the course of years, I started providing advice to some close friends and and colleagues. And at some point it occurred to me, well, wait a minute, what does it take to get licensed? I've been kind of informally advising friends for years. I'm passionate about this topic. I, I realized the value I could bring to others and so I, I researched how do I start an investment advisory firm, and went ahead and did it. Wow, um, Sean, you said
0: uh, quite a few things there, and many of them resonated with me. And I was making some notes while you while you did that. First of all, thank you for kind of uh, taking taking charge. Uh, I, I put put out there on a on a buffet table. a a plethora of things for you to address and with remarkable aplomb you uh you kind of found your little niche to kind of introduce yourself into how uh how you got to where you you kind of are so i appreciate that and and thank you for uh for doing that i I guess i need to have a little bit more uh energy drink to to wake my brain up so i apologize to you for giving that smorgasbord that that buffet of, of questions to kind of muddle through to kind of get to the point where you are at um one, one of the things i loved about our conversations is that you just have again that ability to just interweave uh the the context uh and and, and make a correlation to a personal uh revelation or something that you've you've observed you, you used a couple words that really resonate with me uh, empathy and sadness um and and i know we when we kind of prepped for this uh podcast we t- we talked about uh several things and one of them this time of year where it be either uh christmas new year's festivus hanukkah kwanzaa um that we celebrate we talk about financial wellness and we talk about empathy and we talk about sadness um, this time of year is tough for people in general when we're missing people we're short on cash we overspend we uh we we uh overutilized credit in order to make people happy. Um, You know, the gifts get bigger and 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 with the economy, the way it currently is sitting, uh, you know, if you believe what the feds are saying, um, you know, we all are sitting at about a 400 net loss of income this year or the last three quarters of the year at least. Um, So that's, we're all feeling a crunch no matter where we are economically or financially. Um, So we're all feeling the pinch. Um, So you mentioned empathy, so at some point, I I want want you to tackle something you said to me about your mission, vision, and values, and authenticity. Um, You are a paramedic, and you are a financial advisor, and a financial planner that wants to help people. Um, So however you want to tackle that, you're being your authentic self, finally removing the masks, I think was the word you used to be the most authentic you to connect and engage with people Um, and how empathy has been such an important guide for you, the facilitation of that to connect to people, to share with them your wisdom and insights and the acumen that you have for the financial planning world. So again, quite a bit I put out there. and I want to leave you a lot of latitude because you provide such thoughtful insight to to our listeners. And I know we're going to get very specific here in a little bit, but I wanted to keep it a little bit broad in context and, and, and get on keep on the feels for a few minutes to hopefully bring a few people in uh, that are going, this might be a little tough to hear, but I know I need to hear it. So I, I want to give you the platform again to kind of uh, present some options and ideas about that authenticity, uh, the empathy piece and things like that.
1: Thank you. I, you know, earlier you were so generous in recognizing how Isaac Sobel had connected the two of us and made the introduction. And there's someone who I need to recognize with regards to the mission, the vision, the values. Uh, along the way, a friend and colleague of mine named Bill Lawler connected me with a gentleman named John Hussar, who owns a cons- uh a marketing and consulting production agency called Great Goose Graphics. And Bill connected the two of us and John's a former paramedic and we worked together. He was helping me with how to better tell the story about stat financial health and what we're trying to do. And part of that was you really need a mission, a vision, a set of values, because that's going to help you tell the story for everything else. So our mission is to provide high-quality financial planning, advising, and tax services. Our vision is to be the premier provider for EMS healthcare and public safety. And then our values, which are really an extension of me and my own belief set, are strategy, creativity, authenticity, and trust. And that exercise of creating those the mission, the vision, and the values was so helpful because Anytime we're now talking about what we offer and who we offer it for, it's so clear what we do, why we do it, who we're looking to help. And I think the the value in this, because there's a lot of different financial planning and advising services out there. This is one which is really focused on our community and having been a paramedic for coming up on 15 years now, working full-time, continuing to practice while getting into other areas of healthcare, I feel the personal connection to everyone else I'm in this profession with. And a lot of that had to do with my time at National Association of EMTs and on the workforce committee there. So building this this new enterprise and getting out there to talk with fellow clinicians, it's just so important to try and be a resource. And I think a lot of people are avoided when it comes to to financial issues. There tends to be some uh, guilt over past decisions. There tends to be some uh, feelings like if I don't know, it means I'm not quite an adult or I'm not competent, and that's really not true. Personal finance is really, really overwhelming. Uh, I'm fortunate that I'm a geek, and so I can sit <laughs> and read the tax code and and go, oh, wow, this is kind of cool, and it's a big puzzle to solve. Uh, generally, though, this stuff is complex, it's overwhelming, and a lot of people really don't feel confident in it, but they're hesitant to seek uh, guidance and support and advice from others. And so I think that relates back to authenticity because you want to get advice from someone you trust. You want to work with someone who's going to put your best interests first, who's going to look out for you. And is going to be non-judgmental about what you may have done in the past. And none of us, myself included, is, is perfect. And uh, you know, as we're talking about financial planning and financial health. It's about making good decisions, but we also need to recognize that it's not about, um, you know, if we're talking physical health, you know how someone might say, that's it. I'm gonna go to the gym every day. I'm only gonna be uh, eating uh, the most healthy foods and they deprive themselves of a lot of other enjoyment it really doesn't have to be that way. Financial health can be you honor your present and your future self. And so you're able to make choices and decisions about how you want to be financially healthy now, as well as financially healthy in the future, but without completely depriving yourself of all the enjoyment in life. All right. Awesome.
0: Thank you for that. Uh, You you said several things and it resonated with me because as a business owner, as a uh, EMS uh, professional practitioner, um, as a nearly full time university student, uh, bridging from paramedic to RN while doing these other things and being a father and a grandfather uh, as well and a a husband. Avoidance is something that uh, I, I do very well, particularly when it comes to finances. My wife is a uh, the assistant controller of a of a medical uh, liability insurance company for providers and physicians, and uh, fortunately, she's an accountant, so she handles our debt and income. And uh, so I, I have intentional and uh, unintentional avoidance because. If I don't ask, it doesn't matter, and it always matters because I, I literally asked for an allowance several years ago, and I still piss it away. Um, she probably heard that. She's working today from home. Um, she goes, I know you do. Uh, but because otherwise, I would fritter, fritter money away, um, and, and I want to talk about that more because that brings up the, the guilt and shame of some of my decisions uh, of, uh, of my past. Uh, and before I got married, my wife and I are going to be celebrating our eighth anniversary, December sixth. Um, uh, competency and personal finances, tax codes. I love that you're a geek. Uh, your your own words, uh, and thank you for being non-judgmental. Because I want I want to talk about a couple decisions. We talk about end of year and, and, and finances and, and overusing credit to to get gifts for like end of the year or Christmas or Hanukkah, Kwanzaa for for our kids, our loved ones. Um, You talked about making financial decisions. So here's a decision that I I have made uh, and I I wanna see what your thoughts are and how somebody that might be going through the same uh, concern uh, could maybe do something differently. Cause we, you talk about making sacrifices and uh, So when I was working for the federal government, I was also an adjunct faculty member and I I was making decent money as far as a federal employee goes as a GS9 uh, step whatever. Uh, And as an adjunct faculty, I was making uh, a couple thousand dollars a a semester per class. So I mean, gross income I was set, uh, net income I frittered away, um, became insolvent. Uh, due to poor choices and behaviors on Fridays and Saturday evenings. Um, and so then when Christmas would come along, I would uh, use credit to get uh, gifts for my, my son or, or family members. And then uh, not thinking about the, the due date for the, uh, the payments, uh, not, not an American Express card where, you know, it's supposed to pay monthly, but, uh, you know, one of the other uh, card carriers. And uh, so then I saw my credit score continue to, to plummet down um, and my inability to pay because of the, the interest rates, you know, 24, 25, 26%, you know, 9, 10, 11 years ago with not horrible credit, but not great credit simultaneously. I found myself burdened by by the cumulative amount of debt that i incurred which may have been you know several thousand dollars which turned into you know two or three times that amount with interest in about six months Um, and i found myself really really in a hard place to where i had to decide you know do i make my car payment because i was the idiot that uh continued to flip cars every year and a half two years to have a new car so i was always over uh undervalued on trade and over purchase price and so i continue to incur greater debt so you know you talk about like a dave ramsey for instance that snowballs debt you know you pay more and once you get one done you you add that money that you're paying onto the next highest debt to get rid of it i was doing the exact opposite i was paying greater money on debt that was not getting me anywhere but further into debt um so I, I brought the scars of, of guilt and shame, you know, and, and bad judgment for many years because I was trying to live a life that was not my authentic self. I was trying to put myself on a pedestal. You know, I'm an adjunct faculty member. I'm a GS9 government employee, and, and I was lauding myself as something other than whom I was. So I was putting on these facades and wearing these masks uh, of not being authentic and uh, living like the ball or high ball, you know, the, the affluent lifestyle um, when I was uh, at most or best by income, you know, an upper middle class, which is nothing to, to scoff at. But, you know, I was looking at the next other person and I was comparing myself to where I wanted to be as opposed to where I wasn't being comfortable there. So we talked about that's a lot of emotion, empathy, psychology um, and everything else. But you you mentioned avoidance, guilt, shame, competency. Uh, and, and I just illustrated a, a lack of all of those things or a, or a high, uh, high amount of uh, inappropriate behavior. So, for the person that that resonates with, what are some of the ideas that you could give them facing that same determination and, and, and those same questions right now in real time? Uh, you know, with overusing credit or using credit, period, for the holidays. And when is credit appropriate, if at all, and 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 kind of how to go from there, kind of
1: a a big package. But I know you'll uh, you'll handle it smoothly. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for being so candid and sharing that personal experience because there are many people who are in very similar situations, and it's not something that's often openly talked about or shared and so thank you for for sharing that and putting that out there because it creates more of a safe space for others who may be experiencing a, a similar situation i think that it's important that we not avoid or delay working to improve our financial health if we think there's opportunity for improvement and some folks need help because they've really fallen behind. Other people are treading water and it's a chance to get ahead. Other people are doing pretty well and maybe they could get to that that next level. I think that if we think for a moment about physical health, if someone was very ill, they were having symptoms for a long period of time They would probably go see a medical provider to try and get treatment. Or if they were diagnosed with something, they would probably seek treatment. With financial health, it's similar to mental health, that we don't always recognize that we can benefit from the help. We might feel that there's a stigma, so we avoid it. We might think that uh, the people who can help don't want to help us. And so I think that. As people, this resonates with them, the first thing I would say is there's a lot of different types of financial planners and advisors out there. Some focus on investments. They only want to talk with someone who's already got $100,000 in investments. Uh, What we do at STAT, we're very comprehensive, and we start with cash flow. If you don't have investments, where we start is budgeting and financial coaching, And financial coaching is very similar to a personal trainer at a gym. You could get a gym membership. You can plan to go. But if nobody's meeting you there at a certain time, how easy does it become that you, "Ah, maybe I'll wait another week. I can't get there today, maybe in a week or two. And so part of what we do is we start with the cash flow. We look at the budget. We determine how can we reduce expenses, but without only eating ramen noodles and and you know, making because if it's not sustainable, if it's not a, a change you can live with, it's not gonna work. And you can't suddenly pivot from living a certain way to living another way. You're gonna feel too much like you're depriving yourself. It's it's not gonna work. So it's about how can we start making small changes to get to where we need to be? Generally with credit cards, we want to avoid carrying a balance because the interest rates are so high to the story you shared, it just starts to balloon and compound on us. Credit cards are nice if you're paying them in full every month and you're getting the benefit of the membership rewards points or anything like that. But even one month with a balance will knock that out. So one of the pieces of advice I would give to anybody who's struggling with credit cards is... Consider moving to cash. Once you have dollar bills in your wallet and you're seeing the money actually get handed over to a merchant, uh, psychologically it it changes. You're now you're you're handing something physical rather than swiping or tapping a card. So for anyone who's struggling with with credit card spending, I would recommend trying to move their daily purchases to cash and setting that that budget for the week. If you want to stay with credit, uh, I use a credit tracking app I have through the financial planning software. It's that the, uh, the budget tool and the balance sheet is actually free to anyone who goes to our website and creates an account. Uh, our clients get the full set of the financial planning software, but this is something that's free and available to everyone. I use it myself that it's linked to my credit cards and I have my budget by category and every day I look, okay, where's my spending? And when you look at something, when you're watching it, all of a sudden it's easier to say, wait a minute, is that daily cup of coffee at $5 a day, $150 a month? You know, I don't know if that's really, if it's worth, it's not worth $150 a month to me. It doesn't seem that way at $5 at a a time or when I'm on the go. But when you start looking at it and you go, That doesn't align with my values. It doesn't align with my long-term goals and missions. So how can I how can I start to make that that change? And so um, you know, we really we kind of look big picture and holistically at what makes the most sense. There is a place for debt. Most people aren't able to buy a home in cash. So if you have a home which you've purchased and the payments are budgeted and planned for and it's a manageable interest rate that's a great use of debt if you need a new vehicle and you can get a good interest rate on that that's a great use of debt uh when we start getting into the um the spending that doesn't align with our larger values and we start spending without really giving it giving it mindful thought that's when that's when we get into trouble and if you've budgeted and you say i want my daily cup of coffee that is my treat i'm going to do it i understand this is what it costs for the month then more power to you because that's really honoring your present self and saying that this is a choice i've made for today but maybe there's something else which doesn't resonate as strongly. And that's, that's what we can maybe move away from.
0: Wow. Um, So a couple questions came up in my mind and, and uh, one of the things that uh, my wife and I do to kind of be illustrative of your points where when you meet and coach and do financial planning with, uh, with your clients, um, you know, what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to once you review over time these things? So I have a uh, an 11 year old Jeep. I prefer not to have a Jeep payment. My wife has uh, uh, an, a nice SUV, but it's been paid off. It's seven or eight years old. We, we keep them very low mileage. If we're gonna drive, drive, we'll, you know, uh, put mileage on, on a, a rental car or something. Um, and, and I want to just bring up to the point, she's really good at finances, so we'll use one credit card that we get, uh, travel reward points. But if she, she'll, she'll put in her spreadsheet, uh, and she'll say, okay, if I, if I bought all of my monthly, like groceries, gas incidentals on the credit card, but I know that that cash is going to immediately pay that. So it's like an auto, she sets up like an auto pay out of the checking, like, whatever she figures it's going to be, $2,200, $1,800, whatever it is, it's an auto pay as soon as that bill comes due uh, or even prior to the due date. So we're, we're, we're beating the, the interest, uh, you know, so trying to limit the amount of uh, the, the ballooning of the debt. So she's really good there, but for us, we like to travel. So it's, it's easier for us to not have car payments and, and, Buy a pre-owned, a late model where, you know, we've already taken the depreciation value out, where we know that, you know, we've done the Carfax or whatever history and, and tried to ensure that we, we're not getting a, a lemon or somebody else's uh, pain and suffering. So we, we, we have made decisions like that. And we're kind of, I still piss money away. is like that, you know, the cups of coffee or the I'm hungry and as opposed to driving home 15 minutes, you know, like I dropped off the grandkids the other day when I was talking with you. Uh, at school, um, you know, I swing through the coffee thing and get a get one of their sandwiches. And I'm like, I, I'm 19 minutes from the house. And instead of waiting, I just spent $13. And, uh, like you said, it, it, I know math, but it was crazy when you said like $5 a day, $150 a month. It's that simple. And it's actually more expensive because we know coffee is not, not five bucks anymore unless it's just the straight Americano and it's, a, and it's the small, right? And, uh, so very salient points, and I and I appreciate that. So we talk about savings, we talk about retirement. How much? How soon? Um, and I love your uh, attribution to physical health because that resonates with people. If if we're feeling pains, we we, we look at ways to fix or mitigate those those illness injury patterns, right? So. Um, when you're talking about financial coaching and meeting with somebody in the system, and I want you to share your website before we end today. So people can go there and start that link and, and, uh, start practicing, uh, or evaluating their financial health a little bit. And, and ladies and gentlemen, it's going to give you feelings. There will be consternation. You might have guilt and shame. And, and we've talked about that. I felt that I've made horrible, horrible financial decisions. Um. Too many to even get into today, Sean. Um, but savings—is it too early to start saving for the person that says, "I am barely scraping by. Um, I'm an EMS professional. I'm a brand new doctor. Um, you know, I, my debt-to-income ratio is is so high. I've got five hundred thousand dollars in in medical school debt. Um, you know, the EMT that went to school it was twelve thousand, fifteen thousand dollars for a paramedic, um, and they're making the minimum wage for the area's cost of living. Obviously, everybody's making more than minimum wage typically. But uh, when should they start saving and how much should it hurt to save? Uh, first question, like a very specific question.
1: So I would say that saving shouldn't hurt when it aligns with your larger priorities and values. You raised a very good point that for you and your wife, you value travel and you've decided that car for you is transportation. And so you'd rather not have the car payment because your values are that you enjoy traveling and the experience and the memories that that creates. And so when you start making choices about what matters most to you, it starts to be more enjoyable because you're really aligning your behavior with what matters most to you. And in terms of saving, you want to start with what you can and and maybe stretch yourself just a little it's very similar to if you start working out if you overdo it you're going to get cramps you're going to hurt yourself you're going to get discouraged you're not going to want to do it anymore so just a little bit how can you just put away just that little bit within within your budget and start building your your savings and i i did write a blog post about uh, how much liquidity you should have and really that's your emergency funds Uh, And when you should fund that versus paying down debt, typically you want to pay down high interest debt in parallel to savings, because as much as that interest is eating away on you, if the next unplanned expense comes up and you don't have savings, you're right back in that credit spiral. So you want to balance saving with debt reduction and building your initial uh, emergency funds of cash savings, typically three to six months of, of expenses based on, Uh, based on your your employment stability. And that might be like, whoa, three to six months of expenses. Well, that ties in with your budgeting. And that ties in with how can you just reduce your expenses just a little bit? Because the more you reduce your expenses, the more those savings help cover a greater percentage. And a big part of all of this, what's really beneficial and why I would encourage people to go to the website and start utilizing the tool, it creates the balance sheet and starts the, tracking on spending, is that in addition to monitoring a behavior helps you change it, is that there's such a value to organization. For most people, they've got you know one or two retirement plans out from different past employers. They have a bank account or two. Maybe they're at multiple banks. They have a credit card or two or three. There's all these different pieces. And when it's all separate and you're trying to connect it in your head, that takes mental energy. That adds to stress. Once you start putting it down and it's visual and you can see that that graph of how you're going to pay off the debt. And yeah, it might take a long time. It might take you years to pay off the current debt you have. But if you can see that, that light at the end of the tunnel, you can see how your strategy and your actions are going to produce the results. All of a sudden, it brings control and empowerment. And once you have control and empowerment from the organization and the plan, it's one less thing to worry about. And we know there's lots to worry about family and health and kids, but now with that reduced mental energy stress on finance, you can use that energy in a different, meaningful way.
0: Sean, I, I love your approach, uh, uh, the holistic approach. Cause you're, you're, when you're meeting, uh, and, and when you and I have talked, uh, you've met me where I am, you know, and, uh, you know, we've talked about children's expenses. Well, my wife and I now have grandchildren and and we don't consider it expenses until we realize what we're doing. And, you know, that that's another budget constriction, uh, you know, so extra food, uh, extra crafts, extra, whatever the case may be. And, and it's, a joy, it's a love, it's a passion to do. And at the same time, it does affect that overall budget. Um, so organization and accountability, you mentioned that, those two things a few minutes ago. Um, and, and I talk about leadership. So this is the same thing. So it's personal leadership, right? Or, or the desire to be vulnerable enough to say, hey, Sean, um, I, I need help. I need coaching. I need advice. Uh, normalizing those accountability conversations with your loved one um, it's difficult for me and, I, and I, I visualize the the heartache that I have or the, 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 the emotional pain that I suffer when my wife is explaining something to me and my brain is making it the worst case scenario because it isn't great, you know, a poor decision that I've made or, you know, using my business uh, expense to, to buy a lunch that had nothing to do with business. And she's like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, but I, she, and I said, yes. And she goes, we've had this conversation. Are you a three-year-old? No. Well, stop doing three-year-old behaviors, right? Um, you know. So, were they not learning from their mistakes? And and I just want people to know that uh, I turn fifty-five uh, in a few days, and the the process is worth it. It's difficult. It's painful, it, because it's emotionally painful. It's 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 financially rewarding to see those improvements, but it is emotional because you will feel the consternation, the guilt and the shame of of some bad choices. Um, So I love that organization and accountability and going to Sean, please say the website and we'll we'll make sure you say it again at the end. But what's the website so people can go to and check that out?
1: Statfinancialhealth.com.
0: And what link are they looking for uh, that they can start practicing that and, and seeing things in, in real time?
1: So in order to utilize a free account on our financial planning, planning platform, right when you get to statfinancialhealth.com, on the top uh, hero of the page, there's a call to action button that says start improving your financial health. And so if you click right on that link right at the top of the main homepage, that will take you to our financial planning platform and you're able to create a free account to track your spending and net worth.
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing that again. And uh, please make sure we share your website before we uh, sign off today. Um, So savings, I love the parallel with debt, right? Your highest debt um, because you want to have that, that emergency fund. And I love that you mentioned that because it's, it's, it was easier for somebody in my situation and and I'm assuming for many of the listeners that are going to hear this, um, you know, I want to do something spontaneously because, you know, my, my brothers make very, very good money and they can do, you know, my brother's going to uh, the San Francisco um, Miami game this, this weekend. And, uh, but he lives in North Carolina. He's going all the way to California to see the game. And then, 10 days later he's going to be in Vegas to meet some buddies that he knew from Boston to see a predators or not predators that's Nashville to see a uh, golden knights or the knights versus uh you know the bruins so my my dude my brother can travel because he he's not married he's unencumbered he, he's financially self aware he has good savings he has the emergency thing he's he's been contributing to retirement since probably he was before college. Um, He's made some really good decisions. Um, So comparing myself to other people is horrible. Just like when we talk about physical and emotional trauma, where we shouldn't compare hurt and pain and guilt and shame. um, Financially, would you say it's the same thing? Don't compare yourself to other people because it's going to potentially that perspective, uh, if you're not using it for uh, just general perspective, it can have the the uh, tendency to bring you down emotionally. Would that Would that be appropriate to think or say?
1: Yes, I I would very much agree with that. I, you know, I, I you know, we talked earlier about authenticity and masks, and masks and the masks people wear makes me think of appearances. And appearances are often so deceiving because, in a lot of instances, what we see is the consumption. We see others' consumption and the spending of money. What we don't always fully, what we don't, what we really don't see. We might infer, uh, unless we know someone very well, is what's going on behind the scenes. And in a lot of instances, there are people at high income levels who really are, are financially, um, in a vulnerable position because they're very accustomed to a high level of spending. But if the other aspects of the financial health aren't, aren't in order, uh, that's, that's almost the toughest place to be. If you have a very large house and new cars, and and you're doing a lot of things, and you're at risk for a job loss or a, a bad economy. That's that's a rough spot, and so comparison to others is um, is something I think we want to avoid. It's uh, from the macro level when we look at things like half of all households wouldn't be able to fund a fourteen hundred dollar unexpected expense. I think that sort of macro level comparison is helpful because how good will you feel when after putting $30 a week for one year, just $30 a week for one year, you're now at $1,500 in your emergency fund. You now have a stronger emergency fund than half of America after only one year at $30 a week. And so... That type of comparison, I think, is empowering because now you go, wow, I've financially in one aspect, I've moved myself up to at least the middle. And then a year later, another $30 a week for that second year, now you're really, you're hitting the upper spectrum. I think that type of comparison can be very helpful because it can be affirming about the value of what you're doing. When we get into the personal comparison with with others, we know that's when we might start feeling a range of emotions uh, in addition to guilt and shame about our own, our own spending or our own financial choices. We might start to feel envy. And one of the ways we might uh, act upon that envy is by starting to spend in a way that doesn't align with our long-term goals and plans and priorities and values. So I think that financial health improvement so um, aligns with all the other components of wellness and in the way that we want to improve our physical health, our mental health, our spiritual health. This is this is one component. And as we start living our authentic selves with a stronger financial health, we're just going to feel so much better overall.
0: I love that. Um, thank you for being all encompassing again. Uh, i want to talk about solvency um you know you're talking about uh somebody that really might have a very very high income six figures seven figures um and yet their financial acumen their final financial advisement is lacking or off or they're still their debt is much more significant and if if the bottom were to fall out just in the economy alone they wouldn't have the ability to call in their markers right uh they, they wouldn't have the the money to, to make up for the, the ballooning debt. Um, so that's when we start seeing uh, people, uh, what different forms of bankruptcy, right? Where, where they're going to court and saying, I don't have the means now to, to take care of my debt and it's somehow adjudicated, uh, you know, in their assets, whatever assets are. So can you talk about solvency for a minute? Like for, for the, the common you and me, the paramedic, the EMT, the, the, the new doctor, uh with with a significant education debt um what what should they be looking at and and i you talked about kind of savings is there a specific percent based upon their income that should we all should be aspiring to put aside Uh, or is that why we need to go to your website and and do that financial planning to see what is physically doable to your actual debt Um, that's the first question uh, so solvency and the percentage of savings, and then I know we need to talk about retirement, and then I want to talk about one other thing before we uh, we end today. Um, but I I won't uh, I won't put the cart in front of the horse on that. So a couple things: solvency, uh, percentage of savings. Is there a specific amount based upon your income, and then uh, retirement and a specific percentage and when those should start? Because we talked about savings and when that should start, um, and you, and you mentioned. If we did $30 a week for a year, that's $1,500 just to get, to be at the middle or 50% of of, uh, the the, uh, uh, American. So that's pretty amazing. So several questions kind of in one, and I know you can handle that again.
1: Well, thank you. I think, so in terms of saving, the typical rule of thumb is you want to try and save 20% of your income, but I I want to caution people. What I don't want anyone to hear is, well, that's, that's way beyond what I could possibly do. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do anything. If you can start with two or three or 5%, that's where you start. Uh, a long-term goal is a long-term goal, but really once you can get cash flow positive that's that's the first starting point is spending less than what you actually bring in and you mentioned percentages and percentages are just so important in all of this just for for very simple illustrative purposes let's imagine a world where there's no taxes <laughs> and i know well, that that world doesn't exist but Boo. let's let's say you're able to save 50% of your income for every year you work, you can afford to not work for a year. Uh, In a world, in that same world, if you're saving 20% for every one year, every five years you work, you then have a year of not working. So percentages are so important in this, more so than dollars. And high income individuals like physicians Uh, they, especially newer physicians coming out of school with a lot of debt and with having not been able to really get their career going earlier in life, like many of the people they may have gone to college with, because by the time they're finishing their residency, anyone they graduated undergrad with is already seven years out of undergrad, may have had two or three promotions and earnings growth, and they're getting their first post-residency job. And they might feel that there's an expectation on living in a certain neighborhood, driving a certain car, and that's expensive on top of already having significant medical school debt. So, uh, high income individuals sometimes run into trouble because they're saving a lot in a dollar amount, but not in a percentage amount. If you're a physician who makes $250,000 a year for this upcoming year, the maximum contribution for anyone under 50 for most retirement plans like 403Bs or 401K is 22,500 in in 2023. That's less than 10% on a $250,000 income. So you can have folks walking around who say, yeah, I've maxed out my retirement contribution, but from a percentage point of view, 22,500 on a $250,000 salary is less than... Uh, someone who does twelve thousand dollars on a hundred thousand dollar salary, or twelve thousand on a fifty thousand dollar salary. So uh, percentages are just so important with all of this. Okay, um,
0: so that's again where prudent financial planning, evaluation of your uh, income and debt, is so important to make those decisions and what you're willing to. Uh, adjust to, to, to see. And and so it's hard to look forward when, when we're spiraling or feeling guilt and shame and pain right now to like um, retirement opportunities. Um, but retirement is is something that we should aspire to um, and not putting the cart so far in front of the horse that we're missing out on being present and living each day and finding our joy in the moments. Um when should retirement planning start uh, and 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 again savings and retirement they're 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 rough parallels but one is the long game and one is the the more immediate needs and concerns uh, and and i understand people know this so we're not trying to be so elementary that we're off putting and at the same time um, we want people to know that it's okay to feel like you're starting brand new or or looking at this resource is uh you know coming into it like you've been completely blind to this information so retirement planning uh goals and because it is the long the long game uh you know what kind of stuff and where should people be putting money generally speaking obviously you're not giving specific financial advice to anybody today but just some uh some good ideas right
1: Absolutely it's it's very much um I like to think of it as buckets you've got your retirement bucket for the way long term you've got your emergency funds for short term unexpected expenses then you have your kind of in the middle the vacation you're planning 5 or 7 years from now or funding a kids education and you know it, what can be tough when you're trying to figure it out on your own and part of why it can be overwhelming is that something that might generally seem like a great idea might not align well with your overall needs. So a good example would be if you were making a really great contribution to your retirement account, but had no emergency fund. So now you're on track for a great retirement, but if the roof on your house goes, you would have to take out a major loan to cover that. So I would say you want to take a balanced approach that, uh, roughly even between building your emergency funds and beginning to fund your retirement for the future and also paying down any high interest debt that exists, kind of tackling all three of those priorities because they're all, they're all important both in the short and the long-term. Retirement because of where you're going to be much further down, the emergency funds for what may come up in the short term along the way, And then the debt in terms of the elimination of the high interest recurring debt is really going to launch you forward once you can overcome that.
0: Interesting. So um, I started as a federal
1: employee back in
0: uh, 91. So just as the federal government was transitioning from the federal employee's retirement system to the thrift savings plan, and I know you work with some people that are probably in thrift savings. Um. I had a a situation, well, I created a situation, like it miraculously happened, I had a situation. No, um, I created a situation where I I had incurred debt and uh, I had taken a loan from my thrift savings where it was like a 7% uh, interest rate. So I would pay myself back and I thought, that's a prudent or more pragmatic way as opposed to going down to uh, the bank or the credit union or a credit card. And paying a higher interest rate potentially, uh, and not paying myself back but paying the bank back, um, is that advisable? Is it more advisable than the other three alternatives or four? If you go to like a loan chart or something, um, what 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 are your thoughts on that in general?
1: So I think that that could be a great tool that if you're if you're carrying higher interest uh, revolving credit debt. And you can consolidate that into a fixed payment. So in the first instance, you mentioned going to like the credit union and getting a personal loan, and that's lower interest than the credit cards, and it becomes fixed and structure payments. So now in this case, you're borrowing from the retirement and you're uh, paying yourself back with the interest. I think that that could be a great strategy and tool. The, the caution I would offer for people is that we want to make sure at the point where that decision is made, the other underlying uh, spending and saving behaviors have started to adjust because we want to make sure that you're now in a place where your your budget can support paying off this new, this new loan. Does this really make sense in relation to the total debt you're carrying? Um, and have your behaviors changed enough over the course of a few months that you now feel more comfortable that the credit cards aren't gonna balloon back up while you're also now servicing this loan from your retirement. So I think it's a good option and strategy and needs to be considered in the larger context of all the other uh, things that are occurring.
0: So closing one of those or two credit cards,
1: if you've done that,
0: uh, might be a hard pill to swallow, but a good thing to do. Um, Don't worry about what creditors say in this regard, like you have to have credit to get credit. Um, your FICO score are and will always improve based upon payment history and 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 financial acumen and and and, and that kind of thing, right? Um, and and I know that's how we're judged. At the same time, if you can live with yourself uh, financially, we shouldn't be comparing to other people. And you and you addressed that earlier. Um, so i i had my first heart attack when i was 33 years old 22 years ago this december 9th and i was in very good shape and now i've had subsequently two other heart attacks i have a pacemaker um you know i've been sick for the last week when i get sick i get really sick um you know then we're always concerned about my heart and uh, i had had a, a situation where i was coded in the hospital in 2015. So that brings up the you know we're we're this time of year where we start thinking about loss and family and and people that are no longer with us, Um, but because I have been so sick and I know people have dealt with illness, uh, long term and and short term or acute illness as well. the opportunity for uh, death benefits. Uh, You know, often we call them uh, life insurance policies and and plans Uh, when you're able to get them, particularly with the known uh, healthcare issues and and, uh, insurance in general is, is, uh, well, I will not say what my wife says about insurance, um, but anyhow, the benefits of and the and the planning for uh, untimely death of a uh, the primary financial breadwinner for your family uh, or or secondary, because like i'm I'm the second tier breadwinner in my family. Uh, but yet if i if my income were to be taken away, um, could my wife survive because she's smart? Yes. but do I want her to have opportunities to not feel? that immediately burden of loss of income. And then, you know, just the partnership and our love. But what kind of thoughts do you have for people that, uh, you know, every time I get sick, I was like, well, am I going to, is this going to happen again? Right. You know, the the frailty of life. And we're not, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Um, How can we help plan to not put our loved ones in a, in a more burdensome place upon uh, a long-term chronic illness uh, or or the acute traumatic or, or medical uh, death where everybody's spiraling out for those reasons and then financially uh, we've put them in a bigger burden.
1: I appreciate you, you bringing this topic up because it's a very important aspect of comprehensive financial planning, insurance planning, as well as estate planning. And I think when we say estate planning a lot of people think of very wealthy people because we think of the the estate tax and but really it's it's an element of organization and preparedness for worst case scenarios and how you want your wishes honored if you're no longer able to express them yourself and insurance planning is is very important for the reasons you mentioned that you could have uh you if you're no longer there for your family, there's a nice peace of mind knowing that at least financially, uh, they're going to be in a good spot. So part of insurance planning is looking at what val- what uh, level of life insurance coverage uh, you really need. Uh, it can be done in a few ways. It could be based on your predicted future earnings. It can be done based on the needs of the family if uh, you are no longer there producing income. The other important element of insurance that a lot of people overlook is disability insurance. The social security program has disability built into it, but those benefits are fairly limited in comparison to when you're working. And especially if you're working in a higher risk occupation where you could suffer uh, an injury that prevents you from being able to get out and perform like you once did, having some supplemental disability insurance coverage uh, could be very important. The decision on what you need and whether or not it's worth it to purchase, all of that really comes together when you model out different scenarios. You model out, well, what happens if you no longer could work? Uh, and this was the disability benefit and this is what your significant other was earning. Or what would happen if you were disabled only for three years, and then you were able to go back to work, but that three-year period of time. So modeling out all those different scenarios and recommending the appropriate level of coverage is is important. And we don't sell any insurance products. We provide, uh, everything we do is service-based. We provide advice, we provide a service. We don't actually sell anything because that would create a conflict if we're now selling you something we're getting a commission on, Uh, but we can make recommendations on the appropriate level of of coverage based on your needs
0: i love that so thank
1: you for that um i know you're coming up on a
0: on, on a hard stop and, and you've got other things to do uh, family included plus you run your own business and you have uh, a corporation that you work for um, sean Britton, The the biggest thing you touched upon is uh authenticity and, and being able to, and I inferred this, look yourself in, in the mirror and say, you know what, I can do better, I can be better, I, I need to ask for help, and it's okay to ask for help. Um, whether it's your physical well-being, your, your medical health, your financial lack of health or wellness there, um, you could be doing exceptionally well and still seek advice, and uh, and, and improve uh and then you, you even mentioned spiritual health and as we're coming up on just the end of the year and people making resolutions and and celebrating different holidays uh with different faith systems and 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 festivuses for for uh those uh of us that love celebrating just people and, and being around humanity uh, even when times are difficult and we don't treat each other as well as we should um we can do a good job or a better job at taking care of ourselves by having a little bit more financial responsibility and understanding our shortcomings. Um, you had mentioned earlier that uh, you know most of us don't perform our own surgeries and don't self-prescribe medications, or when we do, the outcomes are deleterious, disastrous, if not just you know uh, an adverse reaction to to self-treatment or self-medicating. Um, we know from a mental health standpoint that when we do all those things, it's typically disassociative behaviors, um, you know, drugs or alcohol, pornography, gambling, w- whatever. Uh, the same thing will happen when we feel and suffer from financial um, stresses and strains, uh, which then come, you know, compound the the emotional, the spiritual, the uh, the, the medical pains because it'll they all exacerbate one another. So what you do as a service is really a serving people, uh, the humanity, the soul, the spirit for which you bear, uh, the light that whom you are, uh, is is one that I am uh, honored to to have met through Isaac, and and uh, look forward to a a continued and fruitful uh, relationship. Uh, uh, dare I say, friendship? Um, yes, I would right. Friendship. I, I would say that as well. Um, How can people contact you? Um, I I know that you're willing to help, and I I know that uh, you have broad shoulders. Um, How can people contact you?
1: So, our website is statfinancialhealth.com, and from there, you can call us, you can send us a message. We are on social media. Uh, I would recommend, though, really the website is the best because that gives you all the different opportunities to contact us at stafffinancialhealth.com. And the biggest thing I would say to people is the decision, do I want a financial planner or advisor? That's a big decision. That's an overwhelming decision. So the decision I would invite you to make is please come visit the, the website, read some of the stuff on there. Give us a call. Just talk to us. And really where it all begins is with a consultation. We go over where you're currently at, where you would want to be. And from there, we're able to determine whether or not it makes sense. And that's the point. You can really make the decision on uh, whether you want to move forward. I would recommend, though, not delaying the opportunity to explore it. And really that comes from a phone call and an initial consultation where we can meet each other and just kind of talk about where you're at. And the harder decision can come later. Uh, I would start with just the consultation and the conversation.
0: All right. So Sean, for people that want to kind of creep you before they figure that they want to go to the website, and, and that's an innocuous way to do it as well, but you are on Twitter. What is your Twitter handle?
1: My Twitter handle is at stat underscore financial.
0: Okay, and then you're Sean Britton on LinkedIn,
1: and that's S-E-A-N-B-R-I-T-T-O-N. Yes. Okay. Um, MPA. It's also got my MPA and NRP, so I think um, I'm the only Sean Britton on there who you'll recognize the National Registry Paramedic credentials. Awesome. Um, All right, so in the last
0: uh, minute or so before I do an outro, what what are your thoughts and wishes for people coming up on this uh, next uh, next opportunity to go into a uh, another uh, well in this case twenty twenty three? Um, what be it resolution, be it decision making, be it
1: whatever. What are your thoughts
0: for people here?
1: So you know the end of the year is. There's a lot going on. It's a time of celebration and joy. It's also for some people a harder time for for various reasons. It's often a time of introspection on what we've done this year and what we'd like to do in the year ahead. So I I would just wish upon everyone that you have uh, a festive holiday season, that you've had a good year, that you're looking forward to the upcoming year be even being even better than this one. And uh, I know I've enjoyed... Uh, having this conversation and appreciate the opportunity to be on the podcast and get the message out. And I hope that for everyone else who was listening, this was helpful and inspiring to them as well.
0: Well, thank you for that. Um, for the listeners, we oftentimes are not as pragmatic. Our, our podcasts tend to be more conversational and relational as is our desires are. That's the kind of person that you're going to meet and Sean, when you reach out, uh, to him, uh, it, it really is. Uh, it's it's without uh, judgment. Um, I've shared quite a bit, and uh, you know I always see this uh, fantastic smile when we zoom. Uh, I hear the smile when we're just on the phone, um, and and no matter how difficult the conversation's been or where where it's gone. So I'm grateful for that. You talk about joy, um, th- that's that's an important thing. And even when life sucks and when we've made bad decisions and I've made plenty of them financially, um, get with somebody, wh- whether it's a partner partner, a loved one partner, uh, a financial planner, somebody that can help you overcome the adversity that you've been through. Uh, and it may, may take a long time, but it, when you make it real, like Sean had said earlier in the podcast, when you put it down on paper, you can see things changing and you can see where there's going to be things that you need to affect with better or different decisions um we'll we'll bring you back um because i know there's going to be some specific things that you're going to want to say you know i wish i would have said this or i wish i would have asked you this um so after we get back into the new year we kind of see what the the first quarter looks like um financially people have reached out to you uh, new listeners will come to want to hear you because, you know, somebody said, hey, you know, listen to the EMS Pro podcast, uh, Powered by Gems, and, and listen to Sean written from uh, Stat Financial Health. Uh, good stuff, good people. Um, so without uh, without anything else, uh, this may be our last uh, podcast for the year. Um, I may do uh, an evaluation of the year, uh, sans a guest. But if not... Ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for your time listening to the EMS Improv Podcast. For our new listeners, we appreciate you tuning in this time. Please look back through all the other ones. They're they're great stories and great human beings that we've had on. Um, uh, Again, uh, as Sean said, please have a festive new year. uh, If you're dealing with loss and and, and, uh, difficulties, we are here for you. Um, We have mental health resources, financial resources, spiritual resources that we can each get you to. Uh, you don't have to live in our communities, you don't even have to live in our country to reach out to us, the EMS Improv, uh, EMS Improv at gmail.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter, is uh, at Improv Eric, I'm uh, on LinkedIn. Um, we will get you the help that we need, and if I need to, to get you to, to Sean, if you call me, if you email me and just say I'm hurting, I'm struggling, uh, let me make the introduction to Sean for you. Um, it's been an honor uh, this year, again, to be a part of uh, Clarity Events and, and, and Gems uh, by hosting this podcast. Sean Britton, it's, it's been an, a, an absolute pleasure to get to know you and, and look forward to continuing that. And Isaac Sobel, big shout out again. You're a, a great human, Isaac Sobel. Uh, the connections that you've helped me gain, and, and hopefully I'm in turn uh, giving the connections to you that you're asking for and seeking, um, I'm grateful this is the ems improv podcast where we have engaged where we have tried to be mindful and we've certainly shared and told our stories we are powered by gems we're out of here thanks sean